Today's New Testament lesson is from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks be to God for the wonderful reading of God's wonderful word. Well, welcome again, friends, to week five of our sermon series, Reorientation, where we are exploring the preaching of Jesus through parables. As I've stated weeks over, Parables explain what the kingdom of heaven is really like as opposed to our expectations of it. Parables also challenge us to reorient or to refocus on something in the message that's hidden. Over the past weeks, for example, week one, we explored the parable of the sower. Was it where we talked about, it's not about the soil, but the sore. Week two, we explored the parable of the weeds and the weeds. And we learned that it, was, it wasn't so much about the weeds and the weed, but it was about how good and evil can be together, live together, hoping that evil would transform into good. And in week three, we explored the mustard seed, where we learned not to focus on the size of the seed, but that with that small seed and we place our faith in Jesus, then Jesus can take that small seed and allow it to be more than enough. And then last week, we explored the parable of the two sons, where we learned that we should not focus so much on the responses of the sons as you see that neither son's actions matched their words, but rather we focus on the invitation 
that God is offering us to repent, believe, obey, and do the will of the Father. And tonight, we will explore another invitation that God offers us, and I believe with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will reorient or refocus our message on what Jesus is teaching us. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, for allowing us to hear your word tonight. Come, Holy Spirit, come, take over. Crucify my flesh, allow your spirit to rise up within me. Preach this word and teach this word as you see fit. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, for we, your children, are listening. Give us ears to hear you tonight, eyes to see what you're doing tonight, a heart to receive what you're asking tonight, and a mind to comprehend and understand, God, what you're saying to us tonight. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Preach it, teach it, set us on fire, stir us up. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen, amen, and amen. I don't know if you're like me, but I love invitations. Who I love when I get invitations. You know, when you receive an invitation, that means that you mean something to the person that's inviting you to their special event and or engagement. Think about it. Of all the people in the world, they chose to invite you. Who? You must be a special person that they want to be a part of this great event in their lives. But I have a question for you. How do you respond when you receive the invitation? Are you the type when you receive an invitation that you accept the invitation and you say, I'm coming, and you show up? Or are you the type that say, yes, I accept your invitation. Oops, I forgot, I'm not going. Or are you the type that nicely, thank you so much for inviting me. Unfortunately, I'm unavailable to attend at this time. So you nicely decline the invitation. Or are you the type that just ignore the invitation all together. No need to answer that right now. Just think about it for a while. And while you think of your response to, that, to the invitation, think about how it makes the host feel. I took out time to prepare this event. I took out time to make a guest list. You're in my heart, you're special to me. I invite you to my event because I care about you and I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. Wow. Well, while we figure that out tonight, I invite you to explore with me the parable of the wedding banquet. Last week, the parable theme transitioned from the first three weeks we talked about this planting and sowing and harvest and reaping. And then this previous week, 
we talked about the invitation that the father gave the two sons. The parable transition has allowed us to go from talking to talk, you know, planting and growing. And now we're switching to let's do. See, it's about God's invitation, your response to God's invitation, and how God responds back to you based on your response. Hmm. For example, right before this text, Jesus told a parable of the wicked tenants. They were so wicked, so self-righteous, and so evil that God told them that they were going to lose their position as the overseers of God's vineyard. God is talking to those that he put in charge of his vineyard, those that he selected, those that he elected, those that he appointed, those that he anointed to work in his vineyard, yet they got self-righteous. They got beside themselves. So Jesus told them that God was going to take the land from them and give it to new tenants. In our text today, God is inviting people to a wedding banquet in honor of his son, this wedding banquet is very special to God. This wedding banquet symbolizes the covenant commitment that God made a long time ago between God and Abram. He said, I'm making a covenant with you and your children and your children's children. God does not forget God's promise. And so God decides it's time for this banquet. Where the wedding banquet is a metaphor of the messianic banquet described in Isaiah 25, six and eight. I want you to hear these words. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shrew that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces and the disgrace of his people will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. So church, this is that banquet. God, the first thing I see is God. God initiates the banquet. Because God loves you and God made a promise to you a long time ago that God is gonna come through with that promise. God, does all the preparation 
for this. Because you see, the marriage, now it's a wedding banquet, it's not any other kind of banquet. You know, so when there's a wedding banquet, Think about weddings today, and when everybody come, you come because two become one. And then you celebrate, and it's a rejoyous time, and everyone is excited. Well, this marriage symbolizes the covenant relationship between God and God's people. God is ready to set his people with him. God is ready to collect his people so God sets the banquet up for us. God not only initiates, God does the inviting. So the first thing it tells us is that God has his banquet and the king, you can say king, but I'm going to say God. So God says, hmm. I got to get stuff ready. I'm ready for my people. I'm ready to collect my people. I'm ready. Let me get my invitations going. So you have to understand something here. In their culture, in that time, if you had a banquet, you sent two invitations. So the first invitation you sent was the official invitation asking if you were coming. So what was required of you when you received the invitation you respond back yes or no, and then that way the host knows how much food to prepare. But what I love about God on the first time when he invites and they say no, God still continues to prepare this big old banquet for his people. The second invitation that you receive announces that I have everything ready, now come. And what I like about God in this text is that God is different from any other host that you would ever read about. Because see, the tradition was you only get two invitations and then after that you cut. Well, what's so good about this is that God goes further and beyond cultural practices and rituals to get you, baby, because God invites three times. Scripture says, he says, go back again. Tell the people that even though they didn't respond to me, that I've got it set up and I'm ready for them to come and join me and my son. But each time they got invited, they refuse the invitation. Now, I just wait one minute. Because I know you're probably saying, mm-mm. If that was me, honey, I'd have been ready. First one in line. Watch it. Watch it. Now, you have to understand something here. They didn't refuse God because they didn't believe in God. They didn't refuse God because they didn't worship God. They didn't refuse God because they didn't know anything about God. Scratch. No. They refused because they got caught up in their daily routines and busyness. They refused God because they had to go tend to those things that were at the top of their list. 
Church, much like the Israelites, we become distracted with our to-do list, making sure everything is checked off, that we miss the opportunity to spend with God. For example, I had to make a confession to a friend of mine. I said, girl, I'm losing it. I'm not doing right. My life is off and I can tell I'm offbeat. I said, because normally when I do my daily devotion, I have my coffee, I light my candle, I have my calming music on, and I sit and spend time. I don't just read the word, I sit in it, and I expect something from God. I said, but lately, I got this schedule in my head, so I'm slipping. Sounds familiar, don't it? So I go into checklist mode, cup of coffee, amen, check off. And you take off and you keep moving. Lord knows for some of you, you're probably saying, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but it's not enough hours in the day for all that I have between the kids, the spouse, the job, Jesus. That's right, Jesus, baby, because Jesus made time for you. He's inviting us to make time for him. The final time that they refuse, this time they just don't shut the door. Scripture tells us that they mistreat and misuse and they even murder the messengers. Well, in case you didn't know, the slaves, the messengers are the prophets. And you know the story in the Old Testament. The prophets are out there and they're telling them to repent and they're telling them about the kingdom of God. And what happens? They get stoned, they get beheaded, they kill the prophets. And then scripture says that God gets angry with them and he burns their land. Now you have to understand Matthew is writing to a Jewish community after he destroyed their city because you refused God. God allowed Jerusalem to burn. What about you? God places people in our lives to invite us to God's banquet. What do you do? Do you have those people in your life that invite you to Christ? How do you treat them? Do you appreciate them? Do you acknowledge the wisdom and the spirit that's within them? Do you listen to them? Do you learn from them? Or do you talk about them? Or do you mistreat them? Or do you just plain out ignore them? That's between you and God. Well, what else is amazing about this parable is that God, only God, is that God realizes, okay, I invited Israel, the Israelites, my chosen folks that I made the covenant with. I invited them three times to the banquet, yet they refuse. But God does not give up on us then. The scripture says that God extends the invitation. He tells his workers, he said, go out to the city as far as you can go. Find anybody that you can find and bring them to the banquet. 
church, you have to understand that we are the anybody that you can find and bring us to the banquet. And scripture says they went out and they found everybody that they could find. And they came to the banquet. That's power. That's resurrection right there. Because it said anybody you can find. That means that God invites all people regardless of skin color. Regardless of gender. Regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of education, regardless of net worth, regardless of education, regardless of your flaws, your victories, your achievements, your fears, and I can go on and on. But here's the key. God does invite everybody. But you still have free will to accept or decline. It is customary for wedding guests to be given wedding clothes to wear to the banquet. It's unthinkable to refuse to accept the clothes to wear to the banquet that the host offers you. You see, the wedding clothes symbolizes our righteousness through Jesus Christ. In order, what does scripture tell us? You can't get to the Father except through me. So Jesus provided this righteousness for us to accept it and to put it on. But once again, you have free will to decide and accept if you want to put it on. Here's where it gets kind of tricky. The man wearing the wedding robe symbolizes someone that heard and just showed up. (laughs) Church, has there ever been a time in your life where you just showed up? You didn't know what was going on, you was just there. You know what, you gotta do more than show up. You gotta be present. See, but that's hard for us sometimes to be present with people because that means I got to acknowledge you talking to me, Allison. I got to pay attention to what you're saying, Allison. Right? I got to hear you. I got to be in dialogue with you, Allison. If I'm going to be present, I just can't show up. I got to do something. But once again, here's this man that shows up He got through the door right on time for the wedding banquet. He shows up. And once again, the king's response is invitational. Only God can do that. Only God. As many times you deny him, you reject him, you refuse, you decline. God gives you another chance. He says, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And this is the part that breaks my heart that I struggle with, James. Scripture says he was speechless. You know why I struggle? 
Because I said to myself, the God that I serve, I know and I believe that if that man would have opened his mouth and said something like, Lord, I showed up, but I don't know what to do. Can you teach me? Lord, I showed up because I was hungry. Can you feed me? Lord, I showed up because I heard y'all had good wine. Can I get a drink? But no matter how I play it out in my mind, I am reminded that God requires us to respond to God's grace. So God tells the attendants to bind this man and throw him out into the outer darkness with the weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a warning to us about the judgment of God. We like to paint this pretty picture, church, but you have to be responsible. You have to respond to the grace that God is offering you. You can fool man, but you can't fool God. You can keep showing up every Sunday and your life don't match how you worship. You can fool the pastor, you can fool the counselor, but you can't fool God. The invitation is open to all people. The chosen are the ones that remained faithful. He said, all are called, but few are chosen. Because in order to be in that chosen, That means you have to die to self. You have to give up all that stuff that you think makes you what you are today. You gotta surrender and submit to the one that gave you life. Church, you have been given the invitation. Unlike the invitation offered in the beginning of the sermon, You must choose to accept God's invitation because your life depends on it. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the church say amen.